The consequences of poor communication, if you allow this to go on, is that there'll be a lot of fighting, there'll be a lot of unhappiness if you have children in your life. What we know about men is they tend to be more goal-oriented and women tend to be more process-oriented is probably the best way to put it. The combination of the different wiring with the old feelings from our childhoods from the past, you know, these things are relationship killers. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're talking about two worlds, one conversation, how gender influences communication in marriage. And I wanna be really clear, we're talking about standard straight male, female marriage here. I can make arguments about same sex marriages that might cross over, but let's just stick with the central communication problem and how brain structure has a lot to do with that. And I'm gonna tell you more about that in just a minute. What we all want in a marriage is we want openness, honesty, and active listening, empathy, trust, intimacy, right? But what we often get is withholding information, even dishonesty, aggressiveness, passive aggressiveness, not listening, ignoring verbal and nonverbal cues. So in this episode, we're gonna talk about what it is that's getting in the way. And the primary thing that's in the way, it's not a newsflash, has to do with the brain structure of men and the brain structure of women. And science tells us that the difference between these two brains has everything to do with estrogen versus testosterone. And I wanna be really clear, there are female bodies where the testosterone levels are higher and the brain has evolved in a more masculine way and there are male bodies where estrogen levels are higher and the brain has evolved in a more feminine way and we're going to talk about what the differences are and how that impacts communication and then there's like all the regular stuff about communication just between human beings and where we're going is caring communication trust, empathy, and ultimately intimacy in our communication, right? That's what we all want. All right, so here's the deal. As I called out, bodies that have brains that develop with more testosterone in it than estrogen have one kind of brain structure, and bodies that have brains that evolve in bodies that have higher estrogen levels and lower testosterone have another kind of brain structure. I'm for the sake of this conversation, I'm gonna talk about the brains that evolve in bodies with higher testosterone as men's brains, and the brains that evolve in bodies that have higher estrogen as women's brains. Even though, as I said earlier, it really has to do with the levels of these chemicals in the body, not necessarily what kind of body you have. But we know that levels of testosterone and estrogen have everything to do with how the body evolves also. These hormones make the diff, folks. All right, so what we know about men is they tend to be more goal-oriented and women tend to be more process-oriented is probably the best way to put it. Or if we want to throw out gender, we could talk about there are minds that are more goal-oriented and there are minds that are more process-oriented. And why is this? Women's brains have more connection 
between the right lobe and the left lobe. And I'll give you a basic brain education, right? The right lobe is the creative lobe, and the left lobe is more logical. And so when there's more communication between these two lobes, there's more movement between the two. Men's brains, on the other hand, have less connection between the two, and so men tend to hang out in one lobe or the other. And really, men tend to hang out in that logical lobe more than the creative lobe, though I will give men credit. When they go into the creative lobe, they go in deep. What does this mean? It means that men tend to be linear, they tend to be goal-oriented, they tend to uh, think about A plus B plus C plus D, and women tend to be more circular in their thinking. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're, they're not linear. It means that they're touching all the bases in their thought process, whereas men only are touching thoughts that are relevant to their goal. That's probably the best way to put it. And so how does this show up? This shows up physiologically um, as women having better peripheral, peripheral vision and women being much more aware of changes in micro expressions than men. Uh, women are much more attuned to sounds, human sounds. And so that would explain why you know men might be woken up by a branch breaking outside the house, but sleep through the wailing of a baby. Men are hardwired for certain kinds of behaviors, and women are hardwired for other kinds of behaviors as a result of the brain structure. What this means also is in terms of communication, that men tend to guess how they communicate. They tend to communicate in a linear way. They want to get to the goal. They want to line up all their ducks so they can get where they want to be. Whereas women in their conversationally want to explore the area. They want to explore emotions. They want to understand the place of the emotions in each individual, in each player, in each situation. And women also remember emotions and incidences going back much further than men do. They, men just don't retain that information. Women do as a result because of the way men and, men's and women's brains are wired. So you can imagine that when you've got a man and a woman with very different wiring of their brain and different, therefore, processing of thought and emotion, that communication might be a challenge. They can use the same words, but the words will represent different things. Let me tell you a story. Let's call them Tom and Jane. Names change to protect the innocent. Uh, these people don't resemble anyone in real life, blah, 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 all that stuff we get from television. Tom and Jane were struggling with communication. You know, when they, what, before, leading up to their marriage, they were in love, everything was wonderful, touchy-feely, awesome, speaking each other's love languages, five love languages at the same time, totally focused on each other. They get married and they get into that first year of marriage. And Tom gets really focused on his job. Jane gets really focused on his. And Jane felt that Tom didn't fully engage in their conversations, particularly about what was go how she felt about what was going on at work. And Tom felt really overwhelmed at work and didn't think that Jane really respected what he was going through. And so what would happen is they'd be having conversations 
and Jane would come and start home and start talking about what's going on with her employees and the other people that she's working with and the feelings were around it and Tom would be saying things like you just need to fire that dude it's just not gonna work can't you see it's not gonna work but Jane needed to go couldn't just go to that she needed to go through her process She's female needs to touch all the bases needs to understand what the impact of that dude's staying is gonna be that dude's going is gonna be what will happen to the other people in the bit in the business Tom on the other hand sees something that's broken and just wants to fix it and when Tom would come back and talk about what's going at work Jane would be asking him questions about what's well tell me more about what what's going on how do you feel about that and he would say I feel frustrated and she'd say no no but how do you feel in that situation yeah like, you know that's not what's important what's important is it's just not working I need this to work these are clearly the kinds of struggles that have to do with the way men look at things and the way women look at things because of the way their brains are wired. And these approaches to work and relationships, which are completely different, and can often be, they can work together in harmony or they can be conflicting depending on how open each person is to what the other person has to say. Now add to this, how secure do they both feel, right? They've gone from they went from having a romance that was firing on all pistons to bam, back into real life after they got married. And guess what happened? Jane started to get depressed. Tom started doing everything he could to fix her depression to make her feel better and felt powerless and helpless. And he wasn't super connected to his friends. He didn't know what to do. Things got worse for Jane. Tom kept saying, hey, you just need to let something, let this thing go and it'll get easier. You need to do less. You need to, and Jane couldn't do it. And they were on the brink of breaking up. And Tom got some help. You know, Tom realized that he really needed to save the marriage. Uh, he got involved in our Unbreakable Husband program. And Tom realized that he was making it worse for Jane. He started to understand, first of all, how Jane's brain worked and how his brain worked. And he realized that his criticizing her approach to her work and criticizing that uh, she was having these feelings of anxiety, sadness, depression even, and, and trying to help her fix it all the time made her feel criticized and controlled. It made her feel unsafe. He realized that he was a huge part of the problem. And he realized that the way he's, his brain was wired had something to do with it. He knew he couldn't change that, but he knew he could change what he was putting out. And he started to repair the damage. And in that first year, he was able to bring that marriage back from the brink. And Jane saw him leading. Jane saw that he was changing himself. Jane saw that he was making an effort to really listen. You know, Through the program, he learned to really listen, to learn uh, he, we have a process called the interview process where when Jane would speak about what's going on, Tom would just explore and make sure that he understood what she was saying, that the words, when she used a word to describe something, that he heard it the way she meant it. Because he heard things as linear, but she meant them as more relational. So he started to reflect back, and sometimes he got it right and sometimes he didn't, and then he would connect emotionally with empathy. He would share experiences he had that were similar to that to make sure she understood that he really got her. And that made a huge, huge difference. And when Jane saw this, she started to relax. When Jane saw this, 
she started to get some help for some of the things that were bothering her. When Jay saw that Tom was doing everything he could to work on his side of the street to make him his interactions with her cleaner and more respectful of how she operated and honoring her as a woman, she started to see that there were things she could do also. So what happened there? What happened was they got onto the slippery slope. And the slippery slope happens when we sort of make that conversion from being in love and firing on all pistons to going back to our individual lives. And we re-engage with our individual lives as a couple in that first year. And we forget that we have this relationship that needs to be nurtured. The relationship is separate from the two individuals. The relationship is something they've created. It's like a business they've created together. And Tom, by coming in and being very linear in his approach, and cutting Jane off and not seeing her point of view. And Jane, by not understanding uh, how Tom, why Tom was the way he was and by always trying to encourage him to look at things in a way that he just wasn't wired to do or he wasn't willing to do because he felt criticized and attacked, they went down this slippery slope of both of them feeling criticized, both of them feeling attacked, both of them feeling under fire. And it started to bring up ghosts from their childhood. It started to bring up old feelings. And as we pointed out, this pattern can and is broken you know it was broken by one of them taking the lead and and the other one following and eventually tom and jane got some help for themselves as a couple also um to work on their communication and they started to blossom and grow again as they developed regular caring communication regular intimacy regular empathy uh and regular trust well really Caring communication, trust, and empathy equals intimacy. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that they came back from the abyss. And if you're a guy listening to this or a woman who's got a guy in their life who's being a little boneheaded, I want you to take these thoughts home with you and really meditate it. I want you to meditate on, first of all, where are you missing each other? Just start to notice where are you missing each other in your conversations. How much of it has to do with the way your brain is wired and the way their brain is wired? How frustrated do you get with them being linear or with them being relational? How difficult is it for you to cross over and to see their perspective? You know, and the truth is that uh, psychology tells us that men and women each have a masculine and feminine side, which means we're capable. Uh, men are capable not only of linear thought, but of relational thought, and vice versa. Women are not only capable of relational thought, but of linear thought. But what it means is that uh, men will rarely do the relational thing as well as the women, and women will rarely do the linear thing as well as the men. But there is overlap. There is crossover. And that's where relationship happens, is where there's commonality, crossover, and effort to connect. Remember that the consequences of poor communication, if you allow this to go on, is that There'll be a lot of fighting. There'll be a lot of unhappiness. If you have children in your life, you'll be passing this on to them, just like our parents passed it on to us. That the refusal to really get and understand what drives miscommunication, the combination of the different wiring with the old feelings from our childhoods from the past, uh, with our own feelings in the moment of feeling criticized and misunderstood, you know, these things are our relationship killers. And if you've got that going on, if you're a man or you know a man who needs help, send them to us. Have them check out our Unbreakable Husband program. We've got a, in fact, we've got a series of live events coming up 
There are going to be challenges, three and five day challenges coming up. Check the link below to learn more and sign up for one. They're free. You want a mission to educate men in particular about how to take the lead in their marriage, how to be more relational, how to be in their wives' court and really uplift them and their families. You know, we're on a mission to rest, save families, particularly through men right now that we've got programs for women too. And in the next episode, we're going to explore other challenges to relationships. You know, we'd really love you to share this podcast with friends or family members who you think might benefit from it. We'd love you to subscribe to this podcast if you found it helpful. And you can learn more about this good stuff at richinrelationship.com or on uh, our TikTok or Instagram accounts or LinkedIn. Just hashtag Rich in Relationship in any of those, uh, those social media platforms. And we're going to do a whole series of 10 to 20 pieces on impediments to relationships and how to break through. So stay tuned and listen for more.